Welcome to episode 25 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit can unmask the gifts that God has put in the members of your church body. Welcome to Leadership in Context, a conversation on leadership in the context of the local church. For show notes, email podcast at innerpastors.com. And now here's Keith Tusi. I want to read you a scripture today. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter in the first verse says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. The King James says ignorant. Another translation says uninformed. Well, I think that's a good challenge for us. That Paul is writing to the church saying he does not want them to be ignorant or unaware of the gifts. Now, obviously, there was some misuse of the gifts that was happening in the Corinthian church. Now, if you ever got a letter that you thought was real important, you ever skip to the very end of the letter and say, oh, what's the bottom line here? Uh, well, you know, the bottom line is, if you go to the end of this chapter, in verse 31, it says, but earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I show you still a more excellent way. So Paul's conclusion of his teaching in 1 Corinthians 12 is that we should desire these gifts. So so no matter how a person interprets this chapter on the government of the gifts or the usage of the gifts, Paul's writing here is not to tell them to stop using the gifts, but for the gifts to be governed properly. Now, there are nine gifts mentioned in this chapter, and they're mentioned in three categories. You have the utterance gifts, tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. You have the revelation gifts, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits, things that come by revelation. And then you have the power gifts that we call them. And those would be the working of miracles, special faith, and gifts of healings. So you have three categories of gifts. Uh, In many churches... Uh, that are charismatic or Pentecostal by faith, by doctrine, it would be interesting to see if people knew what the nine gifts of the Spirit were and knew anything about their operation that are being taught on these very gifts that are very important. Now, actually, if you look at tongues, interpretation, and prophecy, they are the only gifts that are really instructed on in this chapter on how to be used. The reason being is that they can easily be misused because once someone is filled with the Spirit, the Scripture says in the same chapter, everybody has an utterance, okay? Everybody is given an utterance, but that doesn't mean it's the timing and the place to use that utterance. It's interesting to me, in looking at some people and what they're teaching or what they're commenting on, is saying, well, you know, we don't want to do that because there's misuse. But, you know, that'd be like saying, we're not going to take an offering in our church because money could be misused. Or we're not going to, you know, go on a mission trip because there could be a, a, a bad missionary out there. Or we're not even going to teach on forgiveness and unforgiveness because maybe somebody won't honor that. Now, those might be extreme examples, but I think you're getting my point. Saying we're not going to teach on something or expect it to manifest in our church and in our ministry because it could be misused 
is lowering ourselves to the lowest common denominator. And that's certainly not what the Lord wants us to do. I believe strong teaching about these gifts is very important. We would print something actually in our vision sheet, what most people call their bulletin, and there was a little paragraph there that said, if you believe that you have a a prophetic word or an utterance from the Holy Spirit, please see the person that is in charge of the service. You will be able to recognize them because they'll be able to be up front. Uh, or there might be a picture or name or see the pastor. In other words, we were we were laying out something that we were expecting these gifts to be used, but we also were saying, look, there's got to be a divine order. It's, it's not a free-for-all, and we're going to test those gifts. And, uh, you know, many times people would come to me with a word, and I would say, well, let's just sit on that and see where that goes. Sometimes it was like, yeah, grab the mic, let's do it. Uh, sometimes I would take the mic and say, brother or sister so-so, just had a brief word. I'm going to share it with you. Uh, you know, there's different ways of doing things, but you want to develop a culture where there's a freedom to do that, but where there's government. And my personal experience is, is when people know that's, that there's some government there and that word will be tested, you know what? I think there's more manifestation of the word. And then after that word is delivered, to acknowledge that word, saying, you know, we received that word, we believe that word was of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes somebody that's maturing and giving those words maybe might say something that's a little just not quite down the center. You could say, you know, we believe that was the Spirit of God, but I would just want to say that one word would be better used like this word. You make a gentle correction uh, to that type of thing. Uh, once or twice in my whole ministry, I've just had to say, you know what? We appreciate this brother or sister, their fellowship, but that word was not in the flow of the scripture. And, uh, if you have any questions about that, you can see me later. (laughs) So, I mean, there are ways to govern it. Let's, let's look at the big picture on gifting. There are actually three categories of gifting in the new Testament. There are motivational gifts found in Romans 12. Those are, you know, serving, giving, mercy, gifts like that. And I believe that's a representative list, not a complete list. And we would say that those are father gifts. They develop our character. They develop the conduit and the culture in our church life. And then, of course, 1 Corinthians 12 that we just read, these are obviously gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then in Ephesians 4, we have the risen son gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, let me ask you, hermeneutically speaking, is it possible to have a one-legged stool or a two-legged stool? No, but you can't have a three-legged stool. In other words, how can somebody say, we, we want the gifts listed in Romans 12, but we don't want the gifts listed in Romans or 1 Corinthians 12. We want the gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12, but we don't want the gifts listed in Ephesians 4. They're Father, Son, and Holy Spirit gifts, and we need all those giftings in all of their manifestations. And I would highly encourage some type of a teaching series on this and something that is in your your path to discipleship, especially when you're raising up people, uh, give some historical background on some of these things, but give some verse-by-verse teaching so people understand these things. Just little things like, have you ever heard the term personal prophecy? Well, you'll notice that's not found in there. As a matter of fact, it, it, I think it's pretty clear that prophecy is always congregational. It's for the whole body. 
Now, usually when people are talking about personal prophecy, they're usually talking about a word of wisdom, technically, that's talking about something coming up in the future or applying certain knowledge to situations they're going to apply in the future. That's directed at one person, where the word of knowledge would reveal something that is a fact that has already passed, like God saw you when you were in your mother's womb. That would be a factor. God saw you when you were robbing the bank, you know, or God saw you when you were praying and nobody was watching. That would be a word of knowledge. And those edify. And discerning of spirits would be discerning the spirit that is behind something. Uh, and in most cases, we think of discerning unholy spirits, but I think it could equally be applied to discerning holy spirits, angels, as it were, that may be in operation. So, you know, these type of emphasis uh, are important. And then there are people that are gifted to move in some of those power gifts, gifts of healings and supernatural faith and certain kind of miracles. And we need to have a place for that. We need to have an, an unction for that. Uh, it's interesting that in the Greek, that's not gift of healing, but it's gift of healings. And historically, when you've seen people that have really moved in uh, in a healing gift, Often, as it's been pointed out to me, uh, but not exclusively, they will tend to be very efficient, maybe in a certain area. Like they may be very efficient in dealing with people that have, you know, limb problems or have internal problems or, or different, or maybe even a certain like a colon thing or a liver thing or a brain thing or whatever it may be. I'm not saying that's exclusive, but people that are used in gifts of healings seem to have a certain area where they really flow and they really flow effectively. That's just a supernatural gift. Now, these are things that can be taught. These are things that will, can unmask uh, gifts that could be sitting there. You could have somebody sitting in your congregation that when someone talks about, you know, having a miscarriage, for instance, or, or being threatened by one, that they have just a supernatural faith that rises up to deal with that. There could be a gift of healing and operation in that person that maybe we're not experiencing and using the way we should. I want to encourage you, if we're going to have the kind of results of fruitful, powerful, holy living in our churches and spread to our communities, then I believe we've got to go back to the basics. We've got to get people baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence and speaking in other tongues. We've got to introduce them to the gifts of the Spirit. We've got to teach them how the fivefold gifts mature them and cause them to become really a united part of the body. We got to teach them about the father gifts, the motivational gift in Romans 12, so that they can be plugged in and be serving somewhere. All those gifts work together to build the body and we need them all. Let's not neglect what the Lord is doing. I encourage you to really consider strategically before the Lord a significant way to really bring the fullness of God's gifts to your church and believe God to drill down. God bless you. This is Keith Tusi. Thanks for being with us with Leadership in Context. Today, Keith continued a series of conversations about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Develop a culture where there is freedom for the gifts to operate in order and under authority. We need all the gifts and all the manifestations of those gifts. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast.
For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, check out our website, innerpastors.com. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Inner Pastors. See you next week.